There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your settings. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Welcome to episode 112 of Sci-Fi Talk of the Fangirl Zone, a podcast where we discuss shows on the Sci-Fi Channel. I'm Sean Fangirl S. And I'm Steve, and tonight we'll be discussing episode two of season two of Channel Zero, No End House. Oh my gosh. This was crazy. So yes. I want to say, though, I really loved tweeting with everybody because some of the stuff was just hilarious. Oh, yeah. And then the fact that the No End House was talking to us. <laughs> <laughs> that was even weirder, but I loved yes. it. I have to say, guys, thank you for tweeting with us. Make sure you're going to tweet with us, like, every episode, because some of what's said is just, it's crazy, and it's funny all at the same time. Because I did mention, because my husband watched this with me, that he's like, I wouldn't even be going in. He's not a haunted house guy. Right. And Steve, you said you wouldn't get past, what, room two? Uh, yeah, <laughs> at best. Yeah, I'd have to go all the way through, because I'm one of those people, like, oh, no, I'm here. I'm going. I don't care, because I've said that for really crappy ones. This one? Right. See, and here's the thing, it, and I know this was basically the discussion. Would you be able to make it through? I can't say yes or no, because what would my actual fear be? What would be in front of me? Right. I couldn't tell you that, because I'm involved in Margot and Jules' fear right now. Yes. So it's like I can't think enough to like imagine what would have me so terrified that I wouldn't want to go through. Right. And so I pose that question, and I want our listeners to tell us, what do you think your fear would be? What would be in your no-end house? Right. Let us know yeah. at sci-fi talk at fangirlzone.com, and we'll share those on the next episode or the upcoming episodes because we want to hear, like, the whole time what you guys think. Steve, what did you say? Because you had yours. Yes, I had mine. I said falling in complete darkness. Okay. So you don't know when you're going to hit. That would be pretty scary. Yeah. Then again, we joke around at work that we're all actually dead and we're already in hell. So, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> like, I can't picture it. I don't know. All right. Well, let's jump into this episode, the second episode of No End House. And Steve has reading news. Yes, we do. For episode one. It brought in a 0.13 in adults 18 to 49 with 0.392 million viewers, making it the 84th overall cable show for the day. Now, that seems kind of low, and I'm kind of surprised. Yes. Now, I wonder, do you think that it's because people don't realize that season two really has nothing to do with season one? It's very possible. Yeah, that's how I feel that it could be, but who knows? And... Based on the Twitter reaction, I think we'll see the numbers go up because, yeah, Twitter was pretty much on fire the whole episode one. Yeah, it was. And so I was thinking about this. We have six episodes this season. There's only six rooms in the house. Is that a coincidence? I think not. (laughs) 
We'll find out, I guess. All right, let's jump into episode two, Steve. All right. Margot and Jules deal with the presence of the father. Seth and JT set off on their own terrifying paths. Dylan is on a secret mission to find someone close to him. For those who don't know who Dylan is, it's the backpack guy. So I think pretty much we just kept saying backpack guy, and then finally right. it's like, wait, he's got a name. We just didn't know it. Yeah, that's true. And I'm still not sure I've heard it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what they said at some point, but I could be completely wrong. Right. All right. So, uh, yeah, let's jump in with Margot leaving Jules a voice message that she really needs her. So I'm assuming this is supposed to be after her dad had died. That is what I'm assuming as well. Because it, it feels like this is a flashback or some kind of dream. It's kind of hard to tell because then we see Jules underwater in a tub with her eyes closed. And then Jules comes up fully clothed. And then there's a ball or sphere or egg or whatever. I don't know what it's supposed to be. Right. I think it's it's just a sphere for right now. But I think we get we'll see more and more as we go through the episode as to what it possibly could be, I think. It's weird. And that's why I'm like, how is this her fear? Some weird big ball. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it has to do with actually her fear. Okay. I think it is a an integral part of the no-end house and how it operates. Hmm. Okay. It, it's a weird thing. I, I don't know, but yes, it's weird. But then Jules wakes up and her, it's her, like her sister talking to her and Jules is actually asleep on the couch. And she's like, Oh, hey, you fell asleep as soon as you got home. We have pizza. You want some? And it's like, all right. So I'm assuming that it's probably like cold pizza from the night before when she showed up from school. Right. And then we have these little flashes like Jules is being greeted by the family dog, and she gets up and sees her mom, who's smoking a joint, which was kind of funny, because she looks at her, not necessarily disapproving, but just kind of like, the, seriously, mom. Right, and, they, and it's funny, they both say at the same time, it's medicinal. <laughs> and then her sister's like, oh yeah, she threw out her back, no big deal. It's like, okay, I'm feeling like this is going to be some big part of the story for some reason because it seems kind of odd right it, it just they just kind of threw it in out there out of the blue and yeah you don't really see what's going on right you don't get a huge tension between any of them so it's kind of hard to tell how this is going to tie into um jules's issue but her yeah. mom says, hey, I've seen Margot when she comes in for lunch, and are you planning on seeing her? Right. And, of course, Jill says, yeah, I'm going to go see her. And, of course, her mom thinks she's acting all weird, which maybe a little bit. Right. I just feel like it was kind of random what they're throwing in. So it's got to be a big thing later. Right. I, I think it will come back in an episode or two and tie in to the rest of the story. I hope. Because with six episodes, you really can't have anything that's not important. That's true. So this is this has got to be important. We just don't know how and why yet. Right, right. And then... I suspect it's definitely got to do something with either her mother or her sister, one of the two. I was thinking 
that maybe, and I'm just throwing this out, tinfoil hat time, after seeing this, like, maybe that is her fear that that sphere thing is, like, an egg and right. it represents, like, the sister she never had or something. Could be. I don't know. It's Like I said, it's weird, tinfoil hat, but uh. <laughs> anyway, let's cut to Jewel sitting in a car crying. And she's, like, semi-hysterical, just, like, crying, trying to keep it together. And she's keeps wiping her eyes. And I'm like, why is she freaking out so much? Right. It doesn't make, you know, that didn't completely make sense. And you go, okay. Yeah. It, what is in her head that is causing her to be this emotional? And I'm wondering, did she really avoid Margot, like, after her dad died? Or is, is it something more? Right. And again, we're, we don't find anything out, not anytime soon here. No. So let's jump to Jules leaving the house, the no-end house. Right. And she just starts to walk away, and then here comes Margot. And it's like, okay, now what? What is happening? These things, it's like, are they reality flashbacks or the weird house flashbacks? This is when I start questioning, because it was, it was just so weird. Right. And so out of left field to see, okay, we knew they met up after Margot left. Okay, so it was just a, a few seconds after Jules left. Okay, so what does that mean? And, well, Margot asked her if she saw anything in room five. And we actually see Jules opening her door five, and the sphere is in there. And it doesn't Yet light she, up, not until right, she touches it. Right, and she tells Margot that it was dark and she just kept going. Which is weird. Right. Why doesn't she want to tell her? And that may be the key, too, is there's could be a whole lot of stuff going on that she's keeping secrets from Margot about. Hmm, interesting. And it gets weirder, because when she does touch the sphere and it lights up, it starts whispering. Right. You start hearing voices. But you can't hear anything. And it's definitely not metallic. Right. You can't hear anything, though. Like, what it's saying specifically. Right, yeah, you can't understand it. And I'm like, what is it saying? But then we have the cut back to Jewel, like, outside the house, which is number six. Right. And this seems to be something that I I feel like we're going to see a lot of. Like six all over, of course, because we're assuming that we are in room six and still trying to find a way out. Right. But she walks in the kitchen, sees Margot seated at the table, and Margot kind of looks back at her. And then we see Margot's dad. Right. And uh, her face, like in this moment, Jules is just like, what the hell is going on? Yes. She's seeing a ghost. Right. (laughs) And he's like, hey, have a seat. Join us for breakfast. And it's like, uh... What? Ah. <laughs> Which I think is funny because, yeah, I, I think they had a pretty good reaction because I don't think I'd have been that cool. No, not at all. Yeah. They managed to keep their uh, act together yeah. for the most yeah. part. And so they kept the crap together. That's what I was going to say. So, <laughs> uh, All right. Why don't we talk about the guys? All right. So they give us a very out-of-focus shot of the block where the no-end house was, but when we actually get to the end, it's not there. Where yet, did it go? Yes. <laughs> yet Seth is sitting on the steps, on the curb in front of it, where it was. That's creepy. And Seth is just a little too cool about things. Just sitting there like, eh, ah, ah, it's gone. Meh. Well, he's concerned about the girls. 
Yeah, I, I'm still concerned about him. <laughs> yeah, because he sees JT walk past from the side of the house and ask if he's okay. And he says he is, but that last room really freaked him out. And Seth, of course, asks which one it was, and JT replies with room five. And again, the last room. How is that the last room if there's supposed to be six rooms? Exactly. And he has to deal with the guy in the mask. Yeah, that guy was kind of a jerk. Although I love that people were like, is that like Groot's dapper older brother? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think I tweeted out, it's definitely not an int. Yeah, I I think they'd be a little more polite. I don't know. Right. Oh, but we find out that the guy takes off the mask and it was JT looking back at himself. Yes. There Uh, you go. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. But not exactly, because doesn't he say something that it was like there's another mask underneath? Right. First, there was another mask underneath. Yeah. And, of course, Seth asked him about it, and JT says, well, let's just get out of here. And, you know, Seth goes, well, what about the girl? And JC, JT comes back and says, they aren't out? And Seth says, no, their car's still here. Yeah, and this is when I feel like things are weird, too. Like, they're not that concerned. Well, at least JT doesn't seem that concerned. No, he just wants out of there. And he was the one that was super excited about going in. Yes. Yeah. You know, he's not waiting around, and that's what Uber's for. So we know that there's somewhere that there's Uber. So, or at least they think so. Right. <laughs> so they're not exactly in the middle of nowhere, but they kind of, it has that feel. And I love it. it's like Seth wants to get away from the haunted house, and JT is like, you can go in if you want, look for the girls, but I'm out. But how are you going to go in and look for him? Right. You, after that, what was it, room three? No, room two. You didn't see the, anybody else anyway. Right. Wait, was it room three or what? I can't remember now. Yeah, two was the one where they ended up. They were all together. Going in one at a time. And they all ended up in different oh, places. yeah. So after two rooms, you're not going to know where anybody is anyway. So, yeah, good luck with that. Oh, yeah. I just love it. And JT's like, yeah, that's all right. I'm good. And they have the keys anyway, so the car's still there. They either have the keys and they're inside, or they walked or whatever. Right. And Seth, at this point, I'm looking at him like, why is he so much more concerned about the girls than JT? Then I'm like, what if JT is in JT? Exactly. there we go. There goes the tinfoil hat spinning. <laughs> spinning on my head. Because Seth's like, what's wrong with you? He's like, it looked like me, okay, man? It was my head. (laughs) (laughs) And he's just like, two fingers and a thumb. I'm out of here. (laughs) Exactly. But, I mean, at least at this point, JT, he was freaked out. So at least you knew that he was, I'm going to say, like, normal. Because if you are presented with that, you're not going to be totally cool with it. No, not at all. And, yeah, Seth is like, I'm going to wait for them. It's like, are you? Or are you going to do something weird? Are you a weird serial killer? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Not sure I can figure out what's going on with him. Right. But that kind of is the end of the guys for a few. Right, because we're back at Margot's for breakfast. Yeah, that was and, weird, too. Oh, extremely. Because, of course, Margot's dad asks what they want on their omelets, and Jules says, I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of felt like, because of what she said in the first episode about reading about mythology and stuff, like maybe right. she knew, and I'm not going to remember the, which mythos it was, but not eating anything. 
Right. Because then you can get stuck there. Right. Yeah, I don't remember which one it is. <laughs> but I kind of felt like that's what it was. Like, no, I'm okay. And Margo's like, oh, yeah, whatever, with her omelet. And he's like, oh, hey, can you get the eggs? And this is when things get weird, too, because, first of all, there's a weird egg carton. But she hands him the eggs, and uh, he's talking about the time that she snuck a whole carton of eggs to her room because she thought they would hatch when she was younger. It took three weeks to get the smell out. And I'm just thinking, ew, it took, how long did it take for you guys to realize that the eggs yeah, were Yeah, there? that there was <laughs> rotting eggs in a room. Because I feel like you'd smell that pretty quick. Yeah. And I'm just kind of disgusted about that. <laughs> well, it wasn't a heat lamp. It was just a desk lamp, so. It was still. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you're going to smell eggs pretty quick. And notice that whole carton is gone. Right. Maybe it's just me. Now, Margot replies that she had forgot about that. And her dad replies, did you? Right. And again. You kind of go, what? Oh, no, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Hold right, on here. right. Foreboding. What's, what is this about? It's like, why did he say it that way? Exactly. And so Margot comes back and says, well, do you know where you've been for the last year? And he goes, right here. Right. It's like, um, yes and no. Yeah. <laughs> and then she goes to put the eggs back, and there's a carton of eggs in there now. Right. I know. I'm like, okay. This is not good. <laughs> what's going on? This is a self-sustaining uh Something or other here, and, uh... It was weird. So, it gets weirder. Yeah. Let's go back to the no-end house. And our backpack guy, i.e. Dylan, comes out, walks to his truck, and, of course, it won't start just like the girl's car. He gets out, raises the hood, and we see on his arm the same thing that we saw on Marcy's arm in the opening oh yeah it isn't real right and then other weird things happen right because he walks off and they pan in and we see that the engine is completely missing and actually i don't know if you caught it because right before we see that when he goes to open the hood you see the license plate oh i did not notice the license plate. and the license plate it made no sense it wasn't even like letters and numbers like normal. It was like symbols, more like. Ooh, so right yeah. there, I'm like, okay, is it a dream? Because we've learned about that in how many of our shows. Right. You can't read anything in a dream. And that's why I was thinking, okay, it's a dream or some kind of altered reality. Right. And all I kept thinking was, okay, are they doing some kind of experiments? Is this some kind of weird dream altogether? And then how does he have it isn't real on his arm? Because I don't remember seeing that before. No, we did not notice that. If if it was the same guy in the opening, we sure didn't notice it. Right. And we never saw his arm through the few rooms that we saw him in because I'm pretty sure he had a long sleeve shirt on. Oh, that's true. Or a jacket or something. Yeah. Right. So I was just like, okay, this is weird. Oh, yeah. And then he starts walking away, but there's his girlfriend all of a sudden, who, and I did not realize this right away, was the same girl from the first episode. Right, from the opening, yes. Which it, At least I think so. It is, it is. It, yeah. I didn't realize it, though. Right. And I'm like, wait a minute, that's the girl. And, you know, all of a sudden, she's talking about, like, her shirt, or no, he's talking about her shirt. And 
it was the same shirt she was wearing when they met. And, you know, she's like, starts talking about, oh, yeah, I was at the gaslight. And I was covered in sweat. And, and, you know, he's like kind of talking and semi-smiling until like two seconds later when all of a sudden he just shoots her in the head. Right. And I'm like, what the hell is what? happening? Yeah. And there's people outside like taking out garbage and this and nobody even flinches. No. Nobody does that. Not anything. at all. Yeah. Yeah. That was, you know, we're definitely not in the real world. No. And then the guy just keeps walking and I'm like, what is going on? And then I'm thinking, why is there so much garbage in this weird alternate reality? Yes. Which I feel like we kind of learn something later. Right. So I'm just like, this is weird. What's happening? It, it was just strange to me. Very. And it gets weirder at Margot's because he's done cooking, gives Margot her omelet. They sit down. He takes a bite and stops. Margot asks him what's wrong. And he says it tastes like nothing. Right. And I'm like, is it a dream? Like he forgot what the heck he's eating, what it, anything tastes like. Right. And of course, Jules almost freaks out and tells Margot, no, don't, 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 don't take a bite. <laughs> no, don't do it. Again, I feel like this is because she remembers all the stuff from like the mythology they've read. Right. And then Margot's just like looking at her like, whatever, takes a bite. It's like, no, it's perfect. I'm like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? First of all, you know, your dad's not there. He's not alive. So maybe you should listen to Jules. But Okay, fine. I digress. You want to live in the moment because you miss your father. I get that. Right. But maybe remember some of the stuff that you've learned in the past from books you've read. Exactly. Oh, it's crazy and it's scary. Oh, but it just gets so much weirder. And this is going to be seriously the word that we're going to be saying a lot. If case yes. you couldn't figure it out. Weirder because it's just like the weird is building on itself each and every scene. Yes, because Seth has walked into a neighborhood where he sees a woman in black underwear walking around her home with the shades open. Apparently he's a voyeur, I don't know. Uh, you know or she's an exhibitionist, uh, one of the two. Or both. Or both. Because <laughs> he does finally stop and look at her, and she waves at him. Right, almost like she knows him. Right. Like, no big deal. Like, uh, and yeah, no. Yeah. I don't want to know anybody see, here. <laughs> right. <laughs> and we see a hand coming out from the side behind him and grabs him. But, he but he's able away. to jerk jerk out of the grasp. And he turns around and we see that he's in a cul-de-sac. But in the middle of it is a fenced-in circular section with a couple and two children inside of it. And all of a sudden I'm like, holy crap. And let me tr put my tinfoil hat back on. <laughs> what if this is in fact his family but instead of a foster family it's his real family and maybe he did something to them and this is his nightmare or something i'm gonna Why? have to go with the nightmare scenario basically at this point because we don't know what's happening and like this is his nightmare that they are there because of what he did right and he's gonna have to face it to get through his like room six yeah that's very very possible and more than likely, probably true. Especially because this guy says his name. Right. He calls him by name. And I'm like, uh -huh, and I gotta go. Right. Like, I'm walking over this way. I'm good. Bye. I don't know. that it was, 
it was kind of freaky because, of course, there's so many ways you can go with this. Right. Or is it his real family? Is it one of the foster families that he felt like he was connecting with and they betrayed him? And so we had a different kind of fear. And by betrayed, meaning like they had their own kids or something. Right. It could yeah, be anything. They could have kept him locked up. Yeah, it could be like anything. Right. And your mind just races. It's like, what could his room six be? But I can go on and on about like what we think it could be with him. So we're going to have to just keep move, moving on. That's right. So we cut to JT walking in her neighborhood and he passes a man standing at his curb holding two bags of trash and one on the pavement in front of him, just staring off into nothingness. Nothingness. <laughs> yeah. When I'm taking out the garbage, I just want to be done with it. I'm not going to be like holding trash and like, yeah. <laughs> Longingly remember anything. And he walks around to the back of a house, which also is got the number six on it. Everything's number six. Yes. And he tries to get in the door, but it is locked. And he calls for his mom and dad, but there is no response. Great. What happened to his parents? Yes. He walks to a window where he sees a woman inside that walks up to the window and looks at him. So go, there's somebody there, but not his parents. Right. And I'm like, oh, God, what does this mean? Because she was right. young. Yes. Yeah, she didn't look old enough to be his mother. That's for sure. I was thinking, okay, is this like a sister or something? Or I didn't know what it was. Or is this like Right, his... I didn't either. At first, yeah. I thought it was Margot. Right. Because, like, you don't get, like, a really good look at her right away. No. And I'm like, okay, is this Margot? Is he actually, like... Not a nightmare, but almost like a fantasy that he's dating Margot and like she's waiting for him or she, he's married to her or something. Like, right. what is happening? Well, that's all right. I actually thought that it might have been his mom and it was confusing him why she wasn't coming to the door. Oh, okay. And then, of course, after every, <laughs> when we get back to JT, it gets really weird then <laughs> if it was his mom. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, that would be awkward. But let's let's wait a second on that because we're back at Margot's, right? And uh, Dad I was just looking at Margot. She's like, "Hmm, I know things are kind of weird, so we should talk." Right. And uh, Margot's like, yeah, "Yeah, no, I just need some time. I'm gonna go up to my room. Just give me." And a few. Jules gets up to follow her, but doesn't make the stairs. I know. I got scared. Yes. Yeah, because Dad's like, oh, hey, hey, we can talk for a minute. And I think Jules got real scared, too, because her face was like, oh, God, what is he doing? Right. What is going to happen here? Right. And, I mean, it could be so many scenarios again, but it's not as bad as we thought. But Dad does, and I'm just going to keep calling him Dad because... Right. I, yeah. <laughs> he He does tell Jules that there is a gap in my memory, and I realize I'm not supposed to be here. So it's like, okay, he does know, but what does that mean? Right. And really all that means is, yes, he does realize that he passed on. Okay. So he's trying to come up with a possible reason why he's there. And, of course, he automatically turns it against Jules. Which I was super pissed about. Oh, absolutely. But we don't know what this dad thing is. No, we don't. So, I mean, it could be the purpose of it to try to, you know, like, put a wedge between those two. Yes, put them apart. 
even further. Right. Although, at the same time, it's also kind of filling in the gap for us, the viewer. Right, yes. And it wouldn't surprise me if a lot of what he said to her wasn't true. Or maybe this is more what Jules is thinking. Like, somehow he's a combination of everything that Margot and Jules remembers. Could be. Because he does start saying, like, yeah, you were there for her until you felt like the grief was too much and she wasn't getting past it. And she's like, uh, she's my best friend. I understand. He's like, mm, was it? Was everything that you did really for her? Because it's like you kept planning life and she didn't want to keep going. And you thought she was dragging you down. And so right. it's like he's saying all this stuff to Jules, which I feel like maybe what she was thinking and maybe that's why she yes. was crying in the car before she got there like she right. felt bad for feeling everything that he's saying right absolutely and so it's just like huh because you see jules like trying not to cry right and you know he's like it's true right it's true and i was like oh that's a dick move <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and i know that's like really really bad i'm <laughs> saying it that way but I mean, it's true because, yes, it is. you know, she's going to have guilt. Margot, we already know, has guilt. So Jules is going to have guilt about was she there? Did she do enough for her? So right. I, I feel like, yeah, that was like really a little salt on the wound there. Yes, absolutely. And then I kind of skip past the part. We do have Margot upstairs in her room looking around, like really trying to figure out what the heck's happening and looking out the window. And we see a couple of people right past her house. And then a little, what, like five seconds later, I would say a little while. Right. Those same two people ride past the house on the bike again. I'm like, what is this, a glitch in the Matrix? What's going on? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And again, it's like, okay, is this some kind of weird reoccurring theme? Or is it a way for her to try to figure out, okay, that's not normal? You would think that that would be something that would clue her in to say, this is not normal. I kind of thought of it as, almost a self-defense mechanism for her that should have kicked her into, this is not real. So I'm wondering but if she that didn't helps. want yeah. to accept that. Yeah, I'm wondering if that's what's going to help, though. Right. It might be. I guess we have to wait and see if it keeps coming yeah. up. Yeah. So let's go, to, let's go to the weird part you started talking about. Right. <laughs> let's go back to JT, who I'm still going to call him Fish. But go ahead. Right. Now, the woman that was staring back at JT turns as if she's about to head to the door, and he sees himself inside the house. And the woman comes up to him and plants a kiss on the lips. And, yeah, we, you know, that's pretty weird if that's his mom, but uh, fortunately it's not. Yeah. The inside JT sees outside JT. And as he's about to close the curtain, he then smiles and closes the curtain. He kisses the woman and walks off, and she turns outside, turns around to look outside at JT. Well, inside JT opens the doors that outside JT tried to open and says, dude, come on in, and goes back inside, leaving the door open. And if I was JT, I would not have stepped <laughs> a foot in that house. I know. It's like, uh, what is going on? Yeah. He's confronting himself. So we already know that he's dealing with his room five then. Right. Which is not good. 
I feel like it's really not good. So. And then we yeah. get the knockdown drag out between Jules and Margot where Jules is trying to convince her that they need to get out. Uh, she uses the flowers. That's apparently an ongoing theme. Right. Cause normally there would be marigolds in her yard and instead they're white orchids and they're everywhere. And, um, well, especially when she's like, I think the house manipulated the space inside because it's right. bigger on the inside. inside. Yeah. Yes. Uh, whoever wrote this had to be a Doctor Who fan. I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> but if the TARDIS turned out like that, I'd be super pissed. Yes. It's supposed to be a good thing, not a bad thing. Yeah. And then, you know, she does say, well, we've seen different rooms, right? It, our room five was different. So what if this is room six? And Margo's like, no. What the hell? And I love it because Jules keeps saying, what if we're still in the house? And Margo is like, no, that's not true. Right. Oh, what do you mean it's not true? Why is that not true? Yeah. And she's like, we just need to find the exit door. And Margo's like, we're not in the house, all right? Look, this is my house. I'm not in that house anymore. And she's like, that's not your dad. This is not normal. And Margo is just like totally stubborn all of a sudden. She's like, no, no, no. And I wanted to scream at this point, basically. Because I'm like, why is she so against it when your dad, you know very well, is not there? So why right. can't you think that maybe this is some weird shit going down? Right. And it does get weirder because Margot finally spills the beans on the truth. Yes. Which I felt was understandable that she was really upset. But then I start wondering, okay, because we find out that her dad actually killed himself. Right. It wasn't just a reaction because he took three times the dose of his medication and he had had a reaction to it like a month or so before. Yeah, a week before. Oh, okay. I didn't realize it was that close. So he knew. Right. So everyone thought it was an accident, but Margo knew it wasn't. So she had that guilt. And then I'm wondering, okay, had she thought about possibly committing suicide then after? And if that's why she was so down, maybe Jules kind of knew that or something. Right. That's... That's a possibility. And then, of course, anger leads to words. Right. And this was kind of rough because Margo was like, I give you permission to run away. And Jules is just like, what the hell? Right. And Jules keeps trying to tell her, you know, that's not your dad. He's gone. He doesn't know anything. And at this point, dad's inside and puts on a record. Right. And turns it up kind of loud. It's like, okay. And, uh, oh, this it was just kind of sad, the words that were going back and forth between Jules and Margot. Yes, it was. Because they really kind of let things out and got brutal with each other. Yeah. So, obviously, things were said that I'm sure they both regret. Right. And Jules is like, you're not thinking right. And Margot's just like, just leave. I'm not coming with you, so it doesn't matter. Just go. I don't need you to live my life for me. And uh, she goes back in the house to deal with not dad. Right. And Jules is leaving. And she was crying. And I just felt so bad for her because she seemed at this point to be the only one who knows that things aren't right. Right. And how are you going to be the same person in a room full of crazy, you know, and try, try to stay sane? Right. All right. Let's talk about our uh, backpack guy some more, shall we? Yep. Uh, we see him still walking until he gets to another street, which 
He decides he needs to run down. We see that it's Ash Avenue. Yes. And about halfway down the block, he runs into a house and calls out for Lacey. So it wasn't Marcy, like we thought earlier. No, it was Lacey. So we go, hmm, how does this add up? Doesn't. <laughs> she sure seems to be the girl from the opening, but maybe not. Now, of course, he walks around the ground floor of the home calling for. She finally replies, showing up at the top of the stairs. Oh, and this is messed up. Yeah. He says, thank God you're okay, and I'm sorry it took so long. I told you I'd find you. I'd come back. And I'm like, what? Yeah. And Lacey goes, how do you know my name? Right. And she, he's just like, wait, what? Here, I, I'm going to take you home. We're going to get out of this. She's like, I don't know you. My husband's going to be home soon. And he's like, I am your husband. And it's like, oh, God, it's worse than I thought. Yeah. Because then it's like, okay, you have this girl who has no idea, but we've seen her that had this isn't real. So what does this mean? They went to the house in some other point, and who knows how long she's been in there? Right. I think that's absolutely true what has happened. Oh, great. I wonder if we're going to get like, any yeah, kind of the timeline idea, here. Right. I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it. Oh, man. So we cut back to Margot and her dad. And so Margot tries to get some answers. She says, you know, you died. And he goes, yes. And she goes, well, how are you here? Of course, he jokes about, well, we're in the dining room and then apologizes to her. And he tries to appeal to her emotions, I believe, because he tells her, I don't have any idea. I just am. I know this doesn't make a whole lot of sense right now. Right. But then Margo's like, well, where's mom? And he's like, I have no idea. It's just me. Like, no big deal. Let's not think about it. Right. Let's distract. And that's when some other weird stuff happened. Right. Because Margo's like, well, how I know it's really you. And this is, again, I feel like somehow, like, her her mind or her dad, whatever, like, what she knows is her dad is trying to help her. Because right. he's like, well, you're just going to have to figure that out for yourself. All I know is I love you very much. I'm not going anywhere this time. So it's like, okay, is that kind of, like you were saying, with the bikes, her mind trying to break through, is it what she knows her dad would say? Like, you have to figure out how and why I'm here, where right. you are. Just makes me wonder what's going on. Right. Ugh. So, of course, Jules finds Seth standing out in front of where the house used to be. And, of course, she asks, where's the house? And he goes, I don't have a clue. He goes, well, houses just don't walk, get up and walk away. Oh, it showed up well, without any problem. Yeah, it disappeared. And of course, he replies, "Well, that wouldn't be the weirdest thing he's seen today." That's true. And, Very. And you know, she'd have to say the same thing. Yeah, she would. And of course, he's got to ask, "Where's Jules?" And Margot tells him that oh, she's flip, at home with the, flip that. her dad. <laughs> flip that. Yeah. yeah. Where's Mario? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know, I'm going to get these really confused. And, of course, Seth's surprised that she stayed with her dad. Jules tells her, yeah, she did. Yeah, and it kind of makes me start to wonder, what does Seth know? Right. It just seems sketchy, the way he's asking these questions. But then again, I feel like I can't trust him from the go, so that's me. Right. And so, uh, you know, she, Seth's, how could she be with him? And 
how could it be him? And Jules says, well, it's him, but it's not him. Yeah, you're right. So the fact that Jules knows what's going on, and I feel like Seth knows something. Right. But are we ever going to have the rest of the crew know what's going on? Exactly. And of course, Seth asks her where they, where she thinks they are, and she tells him that they're still inside the no-end house. And she thinks it wants them to stay. And he doesn't say anything to this. No, he doesn't. Which, uh, and you go, hmm. yeah, exactly. Which is why I'm like, I don't trust you now. Even more so. Right. And then we go back to JT's house where we see a strange video is playing on the TV. And inside JT pours three drinks, gives one to our JT and one for himself and the woman who now looks more like a girlfriend than a mother, thank God. And I definitely know it's not Margo <laughs> at this point. Right. Some unknown person. Yeah. And this is this is going to be a little difficult. So we have yeah. <laughs> the two JTs. Yeah. So I'm going to call the JT that we've been dealing with, Fish. Okay. And then we'll have this alternate reality. Yeah, copy JT. Yeah. <laughs> so, JT. yeah. So we have Fish asking where his parents are. And then we have the copies like, oh, they're not here. So then Fish is like, did you do something? He's like, no, they're just not here. It's not because something happened. And uh, okay, well, what is going on? Just tell me, is this my house? And I love it because the guy's like, I don't know, because she thinks this is her house. Right. And the girl is not saying anything. No, we don't get a single word out of her. Which I think is creepy too, but. Very, 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 very. So. Uh, they're kind of back and forth with what's going on, and it's like, well, it's a good question, and it comes down to, well, I'm not here because of something that happened. I am just another version of you, a better version, the alpha version. And so then RJT, who, like I said, I'm calling Fish, is like, well, wait, what? So he, like, takes that drink and just sculpts it. But it's interesting because right. he starts asking questions. Well, what's my favorite ice cream? Pistachio. And there was a couple other questions. And all of a sudden, he's like, okay, well, you are a, a version of me. and That I must have it in my head. Right. So it's from memories, right? And then the other one is like, um, don't know. Maybe it's philosophy of art, right? And it's, what was that professor's name? And they both say Crawley. It's like, ha, ha, ha. Hmm. It's like, then the alternate reality, JT, is like, I don't know what anything tastes like. I don't know what anything is. I only know what you know, right. which makes me start thinking, okay, so JT has figured out what's going on pretty quick. At least you think so. Yes. Right. That all of a sudden there's a version of him in this place that has all his memories, but none of the sensations. So I feel like, okay, so he knows that this isn't real. This is not what he wants to happen. Right. And then it cuts away. So then it's like, crap. I thought he was on to right. something, but it's yeah. nighttime now. It's like, wow, it got night pretty fast. Yes, it did. And Margot and her dad go out to the patio. Uh, Margot asks when she'll wake up, and her dad replies, tomorrow morning, then you'll come downstairs and we'll have breakfast. Yeah. Uh, that's not what she was asking. Right? And then he asks if she's ever seen the stars from inside the water and throws her in the pool. Yeah, and then she's a kid again, and she's with her dad, and kind of joking around, and the mom's right there, and dad gets water spit at him, and mom's like, serves you right. 
And, you know, it's kind of back and forth, back and forth with, like, young Margo and what happened at that time. Then all of a sudden, Dad's like, do you trust me? And just the fact that we're flashing back to the, those words, I'm like, nope. Yeah, no, not at all. <laughs> but And I think we see that because when we first met Jules and they were out at the pool, they were in bikinis. When she gets thrown in the pool, she's in a one-piece. Oh, yeah. So there's, there has to be some hesitation in Margot to change the bathing suit, I think. Okay. Okay, I can see that. But then it's weird because, like, she's yeah. all of a sudden under the water, and she's an adult again. And it looks like she could possibly be in a pool, but it's just darkness, and you see stars everywhere. It's like, okay, how do you get out? Because it looks like this bottomless I can't even say it's a pool. This is bottomless amount of water. Darkness. Yeah. <laughs> and then she starts to go up where we're hoping she's coming coming out of it, because I started to have a little bit of a panic attack. It's like, oh my gosh, she's going to die. She's going to drown. But she breaks out, and it's fine. And then she goes right. back under, and same thing. And it's darkness. Yeah. And again, then she comes back up, and Dad's like, do you trust me? And she says, yeah, no. Yeah, exactly. No, 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 no. Sorry, no. <sighs> I can't. I can't with right. them because it gets so weird with the back and forth. And again, it's like, okay, is this a thing? Because I feel like with so few episodes, yeah, they're not going to just like throw something in. That makes no sense. Right. But who knows? So we go to Jules and Seth, who end up going into a house that had a for sale sign, which apparently is you know fully furnished. Right. So the Unlocked. Yeah, nice. So they're going to sleep in shifts because we apparently never know what's going to happen. Exactly. So Jules like, I'll go first. I'll keep watch. And she lays there and then apparently not so much because she ends up waking up. Because what do you do if you're trapped in a dream? Because she starts hearing stuff. Right. And this is where I'm like, oh, God. Because we hear her name kind of being whispered. And yes. she gets up to follow it. And he's knocked out. Real good watch there, guy. Yes, absolutely. And I I was just kind of ticked that this happened because it's like, all right, if you're supposed to be keeping watch, why aren't you keeping watch? Yeah. Because then she ends up like going towards the room with the door open. And then there's that fear egg thing. Right. And when Jules ends up touching it again, it lights up and we hear noise. And she seems to be like almost like sucked into a trance or something. Right. And then something inside, which you can't tell if it's like a hand or a paw almost. Is like coming towards her. Right. And then they cut away. Yes. And I'm like, what the hell was that? Freaking out. And then again, backwards, we have back to Margo getting out of the pool. And Dad's like handing her a towel and then drying her hair. And then all of a sudden, all this weird stuff happens. Like a weird flashback that he has as well. Like he sees her mom, sees her as a right. kid. And then they kind of both stop. Like, what the hell is that? Yeah. And then Margo, what, she like tries to go back in the house. As Dad's right. staring says, at her, his hands. Right. And then she trips as she's going up the stairs to the house. And Dad kind of doubles over like he's the one who tripped as well. Yes. I'm like, okay, what is happening? Right. Yeah, and she's like, oh, that's going to leave a bruise. And he's like, I never want to see you hurt. It's like, all right, you're creeping me out. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> and let's go back to JT and all the weirdness with JT and JT. Yeah, it gets... This is where it really gets strange because <laughs> JT starts making out with the woman and Bish takes a drink and then asks if he can join in. Okay. 
that be like making out with your sibling? It is. I'm not sure what you would call that. I don't know, it was weird. Yes, very. JT's like, yeah, I don't think so. And then we have, yeah, Fish is just like, well, she came from the real world like me, right? Maybe she's here, and you're here to help me, and she's here for me to learn. It's like, uh, right there, I'm like, maybe no. Yeah. And I love it because then, was it RJT, RFish, or JT? I can't remember which one says it. Like, well, why doesn't she talk? Right, yeah, no, Fish asks why she talks, and JT goes, hmm, maybe she forgot. She seems to think this is her house. Yeah. Maybe it was, I don't know. Maybe it changed. What is happening is what I started thinking. Right, he goes, whatever the case, she seems pretty relaxed about the whole thing. To be honest, I prefer she weren't with you. She hasn't looked at you once. Right, and then that kind of sounds like, all right, he seems like he's getting aggressive all of a sudden. Right. And then Fish is like, listen, you're not real. You're an echo or something. You know, I don't know, but you're some kind of copy that my mind made. And I love it because then JT's like, no, what I said was I'm a better version. It's kind of funny if you think about it. It's like, no, it's not funny. No. <laughs> exactly. Because if you're me and you're talking back to me, we got a problem because now crap's going to go down. It's all yes. going to go down. It's going to be bad. And especially because it does go bad. Yes, it does. Because, Real bad. Yeah. Because Fish is like, I made you up. I did this so you can teach me, I'm sure. You know, like, how to meet a girl, what I do to get ahead, not just always screw it up. It's like, hmm. Or, no. It's like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> because then JT, like, pours the, the rest of the bottle into Fish's glass. And he's like, I really want to know what ice cream tastes like. And I'm like, wait. What the hell does that have to do with what we're talking about right now? Exactly. And then suddenly, JT hits Fish with the empty bottle, and you just see blood coming down his face. And then he hits him again and again, and he just keeps doing this, and I'm assuming he's killing him. Right. And the girl just sits there and watches, like nothing is actually happening. Right. And I was like, holy shit, the house just killed them. Yes, we have a replacement. Yes. And I, I Invasion like, of the body. Yeah, snatcher. that's where I suddenly started to go like, oh, God, is this going to happen everywhere? Right. Or something along those lines. Because then we go back to Margot and you see Dad standing in the doorway watching her sleep, which is just creepy. I'm sorry. Very. I mean, as an adult, I guess as a kid, especially if they've been sick, that'd be one thing. Right. But yeah, yeah your uh, 20 something year old daughter. No. Right. Unless she almost just died. I, I don't expect you to be right. standing there, like, watching her, but... So he, like, starts creeping towards her, which I'm like, oh, God, after seeing what happened with the JTs... Right. I'm like, what could this mean? Yes. And especially because he, he starts putting his hands up. I'm like, what is he doing? And then he just, like, kind of strokes her hair and then puts his, what, his thumb or whatever on her temple. Right. And then he starts seeing stuff. He starts seeing uh, Mom. Right. I'm like, all right, what what's going on? And that's when we cut to, like, the basement or the garage or something. Right. And this goo or blood starts coming up from the floor. And it keeps getting bigger. And I'm like, what the hell is this supposed to be? And then next thing we know, we see Mom start rising in, like, the fetal position from this pool. And I'm like, is this how they're created here? You know, I couldn't figure this out. Right. Uh, but then it gets weirder. Yes. Because dad goes down, like he knew exactly where she was going to be. 
Right. It's like, okay, that's strange. So he sees the body laying there, goes down there, and then, like, breaks off her arm. And then there's these weird little pearls or berries or something inside. Something. I don't know what it was. It was weird. Yes, it was. And then he, he kind of eats a few. And then he starts going, like, ape and just like, rah, 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 rah. Like, yeah. <laughs> eat, like, shoving this in like crazy. Yeah. Like he's never ate before. Right. And then he rips off her head. I was like, holy crap. Like, this was the weirdest thing to me. And I, I did not understand. Right. Yeah. I believe that the whole thing of this house is it feeds off of memories. Okay. And once it gets a memory, it is able to create a, shall we say, a duplicate. Okay, say like a that. copy or something. Right. And that it, if it is left alone long enough, it will actually become that person inside the house. Okay. Unfortunately for the mom, dad got there and discovered it was food that he could actually taste. I didn't understand what was happening. It was freaking me out, though. I'll tell you that. Right. Yeah, it, it's definitely weird. That's for sure. Yeah. So I don't know. This is two episodes out of the six. And I'm just like, oh, my God, do most of it. Right. What the hell is going yeah. on? So I have a feeling that we're just going to get weirder crap as we go here. So hold on. Hopefully you guys are enjoying it. So we, like I said earlier, we want to know what you think about all that. What is your fear? What do you think is happening? Do you think that any of those weird little bits that could generally be a throwaway are actually a throwaway? Right. Let us know what you think at Sci-Fi Talk at FangirlZone.com. Make sure you rate and review us on iTunes and every other platform you're finding us on. Good ratings and reviews help other fans find the show. Tell your friends about this show because I feel like everybody wants to freak the hell out of their friends, especially this time of year because we're getting closer yes. to Halloween. And I know I'm always like, have you seen this? You should totally see it because it's so weird and creepy. I don't know why that's a thing with me and why I think that's a good thing. Because that's how I described it to my husband. And he's like, uh, okay. I'm like, oh, sit down and watch it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this this is me. So <laughs> uh, we really do hope you are enjoying this. Because I know I'm freaked out and I love it right now. Right. As long as this doesn't happen in real life, I'm totally cool. But anyway, so <laughs> for this episode of Sci-Fi Talk, I am Sean Fangirless. And I'm Steve. See, I think the house manipulated space inside its wall. And until next time. I don't think I'm going to a haunted house this year.